Good morning. <clears throat> Thank you, Gloria. That was beautiful. You know, Gloria played, Today I Walk Where Jesus Walked, and it traces the steps of Jesus from Bethlehem all the way to the cross. And it fits perfectly with my message, which I'm calling, We Are In Good Hands. And when we walk with him, we are in sync with him. We walk with him, and it goes perfectly with that, uh, with that song by Gloria. Um, let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for today, Lord. We pray that this, would, this topic would be comforting to all of us as we study your word, which, which is comforting to us. We uh, pray for those that couldn't make it today, and we thank you that uh, the seats are filling up today, and more people that were uh, sick before or recovering are here today, and we just pray this in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so the way the calendar fell, it was exactly one month ago that I was here. It was uh, February 20th, today's March 20th, and what a difference a month makes. The whole world has changed. There's new alliances between different countries are banding together. New nations are becoming the mediators in this conflict. It used to be just the United States, and as Sylvia has talked in the Revelations seminar, different co countries are coming up, smaller countries are getting involved, right in line with Bible prophecy. But praise God, in Malachi it says, I, the Lord, do not change. The world is changing, but he does not change. And we know in the, in the word, it tells us over and over, do not fear, do not fear. But it's, we can be concerned because every day we see horrendous things that are going on in Ukraine. Bombing schools, bombing civilians. It's just horrible to watch around the clock. <clears throat> One of those powers has enough weapons to destroy the whole planet several times. That's what they're trying to fight there. So there's grave concern about the future of the war and what the next moves will be. The enemy seems to know no bounds. And we are living in dangerous, uncertain times. And on top of all that, there's a new COVID variant out there. Our hearts break for the people of Ukraine we see killing everywhere, and not just in the war, but all around the world and in every state in the United States. Last night, there was a shooting in Arkansas where 20 people were injured, one dead from shootings. You know, our penal code defines homicide as the unlawful killing of a human being. Offenders are arrested, they're tried in court, Penalties are imposed, cases are closed, and that's it. But in scripture, killing is looked at so much more differently than just the killing of a human being. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, warning them about what could happen and what did happen to many of them in the future. And he encouraged them at the time, and he encourages us with the reading of his word. In Luke 12, verses 4 to 7, it says, I tell you, my friends, 
Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid, you are worthy more than many sparrows. So that really struck me in this, these perilous times when I read that. Jesus speaks about death in a way only he can talk about it. No one else can say what he said or do what he does. War, criminals, terrorists, yes, they kill many people, and that will go on. But Jesus specifically said, do not fear those. They can do no more than that, but he says to fear the one that has the authority and power to throw who he decides into hell. And who is that one? Who has that power? Only Jesus Christ. Jesus is more concerned about our soul, which lives for eternity, than for our fragile, decaying bodies that live for a very short time compared to eternity. In Hebrews, it says, he is the anchor for our soul, firm and secure. When we are saved, our souls are in the palms of his hands where they are secure. In John 10, 29, it says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hands. That's how secure we are. And here is that power that he has in Revelation 1.18. It says, I am the living one. I was dead <clears throat> and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Nobody can say that except for Jesus. So we should fear him with respect, reverence, honor, worship, and glorify him constantly. When you think about eternity, make a line graph. You guys know what line graphs are. And then you put a tick on the graph, say for a person that lives 20 years. And then you go down and put a tick for a person that lives 120 years. That's a vast expanse of days lived. Yet on that line graph for eternity, those two marks will not even show. It'll be a tiny tick. You won't even be able to see the difference. And then he goes on to say how much he loves us and how much he cares about us. He uses <clears throat> sparrows as an example. You see them everywhere. We don't think about it. We don't think about feeding them, but they're in the bushes. They're, they're all over the place. A sparrow weighs less than two ounces. And in Jesus's day, five sparrows cost two cents. That's a half a cent each. Not useful for sustenance. Yet Jesus knows each and every one of them, and he does not forget about any of them. So if he cares that much about a sparrow, think about he much cares about you and me. He made us 
in the womb. And that shows how much he, he loves us. And how much does he love us? The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That is the maximum love, love that one can have another. So if anybody is depressed today or discouraged, remember that God designed you uniquely. We're all different. We're all his workmanship in Christ Jesus, and he loves you and he died for you. Each one of us he died for. <clears throat> and when we're saved, we are in the palms of his hands, the best place to be. It's not, you're in good hands with Allstate. We've all seen the commercial. We're in good hands with Christ. Isaiah 49, 16 says, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. <clears throat> this poet, this is pretty clever. <clears throat> he says, my name from the palms of his hands eternity will not erase. Impressed on his heart, it remains in marks of indelible grace. That's a good one. <clears throat> the world now is full of uncertainty and fear, as we know. We need Jesus to be our pilot, our captain, and our guide. <clears throat> and there's no better example of that in the story in Acts 27, where Paul is taking a voyage to Rome to be tried. And everybody knew all about Paul. They knew he spoke boldly God's word. The crew, this is not an ordinary prisoner. The crew even let some of his friends on the ship with them. And you know <clears throat> that due to the importance of this voyage, the Romans probably had the best captain and pilot that they had in the fleet. So just some of the verses in Acts, I'm going to read 27, 8 through 11, and 20 to 24. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fairhaven near the town of Lasea. So they're already having problems. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. So we always, he's already boldly telling this to the, to the captain and the crew. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And when you think about it, why wouldn't you? The most trusted pilot in the fleet, most crew, most of the crew is probably not a believer in Christ, so they're going to believe him over a, you know, a tent maker that tells you one thing. And then the, start grow, the storm grows in intensity and caused all sorts of problems. And later, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raising, 
We finally gave up all hope of being saved. They're desperate, they're doomed. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul, the second speech, stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete, then you would have been spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep your courage because no, not one of you has been lost. How could he possibly say that? Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you, not just his friends, all of them, the other prisoners, the crew. And think about it. Paul was led by his captain, who was Jesus Christ, who knew the future, this Roman captain, he didn't know what was going to happen. He thought they were all doomed. They're all going to lose their lives. Once the ship's captain listened to, to Paul and followed God's instruction to Paul, the whole crew and all the passengers were in the Lord's hands and all later survived, just as promised. So the ship went in the hands of the captain to the hands of Jesus, and they all were saved. He does the same for us. And he talks about that hand, one of those hands in Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We're encouraged by all these verses. He is the God of comfort. <clears throat> and we don't know what's ahead in this war. We don't know. There's been, I saw articles in the, I thought I would never see, like I saw an article that said, what's the most likely United States city to be bombed by a nuclear warhead? You, I never thought I would see that. So we don't know what is ahead. And what has become popular in the last couple of years is people cutting the cable, cutting the cord so they can see everything on streaming, saving a big, cable bill. Makes sense. And a lot of these streaming services, I know every, all, everybody in our family has the uh, Disney Channel, Disney Plus. And what they do is uh, instead of making a movie, two-hour movie, which you watch, you're one and done, then you could probably stop the service. But they, they string it out for six, eight, ten weeks, so you watch like one week, then another week, so people can see, get keep paying the bill to see that everybody wants to know what happens. And when the family gets together, we're at all different phases of the series. So I have to tell the family all the time, you know, don't say anything, don't spill the beans, because others want to be surprised by the ending too, right? It's exciting not knowing the ending to see what's going to happen. But in these terrible times, it can be terrifying. Just think of what those people are going through. But praise God, we don't need to be terrified. On a wall in our house, we have this sign. It says, I trust the next chapter because I know the author. We know the ending. 
the Lord's going to come, take the redeemed in the rapture so we can be with him for eternity. And this war may be setting the stage for the end times. We don't, we don't know, but it could be soon. It could be very soon. Our task is to continue to serve him and not fall away, stay in his hands. And like Adel talked about Wednesday night, you know, spread the word where we can to other people. It could be happening very fast. This man, this is, I'll have to read this one twice. This is a heavy, Oswald Chambers, if you've ever read his devotions, he's, he's pretty heavy. <clears throat> he writes, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. And that's true when you think about it. If we have faith like, like Dean was talking about, faith of Abraham, we can treat that stuff that we read in Revelation of what's going to happen as happening and the invisible as seen. That's encouraging. Uh, the, you know, the Gaithers wrote this song. We don't have it, so I'll just, I'll just read it. It's called In Good Hands. The chorus says, In good hands, I'm in good hands. I'm in the hands of Jesus. Winds may blow, but this I know. I'm in the good, good hands of Jesus. Now I cannot answer every question, and I cannot know what life will bring. But this I know, my Lord is faithful, and to this clear hope my spirit clings. I may not know the seas he's charted. I may not know how long the storm may rage. But this I know, I trust the captain. My anchor holds secure and safe. We are in good hands if we're saved today. If we're not saved today, we are not in those hands. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. It, it comforts us in these times. We, we thank you that... As believers, we are inscribed in the palms of your hand, and we, we walk with you every day as, as Gloria played that beautiful song. We just pray for, uh, pray for those who are still <coughs> healing and recovery. We praise you for Dave Thompson's daughter's uh, progress, Mike Hyde's healing, Sylvia's healing, and Gloria's as well. And we just thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen.